Avadim Hainu, the Parovimitraim, Bimitraim, Yavadim Hainu, the Parovimitraim, Bimitraim, Avadim Hainu, the Parovimitraim, Bimitraim. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another episode of, Sh- of Shalom Thurshim Shloshim Yom. Today, the 11th day in our quest, learning all about the holiday of Pesach. We are beginning right now in Mishnah Pesachim, Perak Talib, Mishnah Chet, and Mishnah Teh. And then also, we're going to start learning about the Korban Pesach in Perak Hay, Mishnah Aleph. We are going to start right now. I hope that you have your Mishnah house open. Shishat Varim Aswa Anshe Richo, Al Shlosha Michu Biadam, Al Shlosha Lo Michu Biadam. So there were six um, exceptional practices. Exceptional not meaning that they were super good, but exceptional meaning that they were different than what the Chacham and what the sages ruled in those areas of halacha. However, there were three that the Chachamim disagreed with, but kind of politely disagreed with. Like, we don't do this, but there's nothing wrong with it. And then there were and then there were three things that the Chacham happily protested and said, hey, hey, people of Yericho, we, we don't agree with what you're doing, and these are them. Markivan, they call them kolayom, and what they would do is they would they would graft date palms. You know, grafting, I don't want to get too much into it, but we learn in Seder's Rhyme. Grafting is essentially when you put a, a piece of a piece of a tree in between another another in between another piece of the tree so that it kinda of grows out that way. Whatever, it, it helps it helps it grow. But they would they would um, graft date palms. They would they would they would graft date palms, I'm trying to figure out what exactly it was. Uh, they they put the, the the male date palms which did make fruit into the female date, date palms which didn't make fruit, so that the females would make fruit. So, so we we learned in the in one of the last mishnahs, they're able to work on, they're able to work on chalamoid, and also definitely erev pesach in, in order to prevent loss. And so the Anche Richo held held that unless they did these date grafting, they're gonna lose, they're they're gonna lose fruit. Uh, however, the Chachamim said that it wasn't so necessary, but again, nothing really wrong with it. And they didn't say Baruch Shem Kavod Machuto after Shema Yisrael Shem Elkino Hashem Echad, which the Chachamim, you know, again, he disagreed with it, but you're still fulfilling the obligation of Shema. And they would, they would, they would uh, reap and stack the, the, they would reap and stack the Omer, the, the new crops, that before they before they would eat it. What's the new crops? So, so chadash is the new crops that 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 come out on like the second day of Pesach. But on the second day of Pesach, you have to give the korban omer, and then you can eat all of your you can eat all of your crops. So the chachamim prohibited reaping and stacking, cutting it from the field, because what's the reason to do that? You should do that other than to tempt yourself to eat it. So the Chacham held that you shouldn't do that. However, these Anche Richo, they did do that. However, the Chacham disagreed, but again, politely disagreed. And these are things that the Chacham heavily disagreed with. So the, the Anche Richo um, took growth from a tree that uh, the tree was originally consecrated hectish for the base of hectish, which you know when something is made into hectish, when something is consecrated, you're not able to use it. And they would take the, the growths from that tree. So, for example, if I have a lulav tree and I say this lulav tree is is for the is for the base hamikdash, and then one of the one of the lulav tree one of the lulavim falls from the tree, and the and the seeds from that lulav that came from the tree that was originally set aside for the base for the base hamikdash, it makes a another tree. So the chachamim thought that 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 new tree still belongs to the base hamikdash. However, the 
piece on Shiriko said that said that it didn't necessarily. So I just want to read it. it says ordinarily one who benefits from temple property transgresses the biblical prohibition of Mila. However, the people of Yericho permitted benefit in this case because they followed the opinion that Mila does not apply that, that does not apply to which that grows from an item after it has been given to the base there. So again, they viewed a little bit more of a disconnect, whereas the Khan didn't didn't see that. Both the Mitachas and the Shah Mishabas and also in a, in the case we know Muksa, you're not able to you're not able to move something that has no use on Shabbos. And if something was created on Shabbos, right? So so if something was created on Shabbos, you're not able to benefit it from it on Shabbos because it's something that's usher to you. So if there were fruit, if you walk into your backyard Shabbos morning and you see and you see fruit had fallen down, the Anchi Richo said, you can use it. Because we believe that most likely the fruit fell before Shabbos. However, the Chavim said, we can't override the possibility that the fruit fell on Shabbos, in which case you really shouldn't eat it. And they would they would give Pe'ampeya, they would take the corner of the field, they would they would give to the poor for, for vegetables. However, the Chavim said that, that it doesn't fall under, that, that Pe'a, taking the corner, doesn't fall under vegetables. So now we're going to be talking about a similar thing. Chizkiyahu HaMelech was a righteous king, but he did some things that were controversial. And there were there were three things that the, the that he didn't ask the Chacham, he didn't ask the sages of the time. And for three of them, they were like, okay. We, you really should have asked us, but that wasn't too bad. And but for three of them, they were like, okay, that was that was really bad. And so here are those six. So he dragged the the, the, the bones of his, of his father. His father, um, Chizkiyahu's father Ahaz, who was the previous king of Yehuda, he served idols and and he led the people to to abandon the service of Hashem. Really, not such a, not such a great king. And so instead of dragging. Uh, his his father's his father uh, Ahaz's bones on 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 the, a bed of ropes, which is usually what they did for kings. He did on on a, he did it on a I'm sorry he did it on a bed of ropes as opposed to a, a regular as opposed to a regular bed, which slightly disrespected his father. But it was in order to atone him for his sins, which the Chachamim allowed. He crushed the 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 the, the, the copper snake. What exactly is the copper snake? When B'nai Yisrael um, in the in the Midbar complained about man, Hashem sent a poisonous snake against them. After they after they did tshuva, Hashem told Moshe to make the replica of a snake, and anybody who looked at it healed. Anybody who looked at it healed. However, in in later years, people mistakenly thought the object itself had healing powers, and they began worship, worshiping it. Chizkiyahu therefore had it destroyed because the people were sinning because of it. So again, the Chum agreed with him, and then Ganat Sefervos Vehodula. And the last one is he destroyed the Book of Remedies. And the Chama agreed. Why? Why is that good to destroy the Book of Remedies? Because it listed healing properties of many different plants, and Chizkiyahu hid it because people were were using this instructions to heal themselves so quickly that they felt that they were invincible, and they removed any humility and and any feeling that of reliance on Hashem. I'll show you the Here are the things that they didn't agree with him. He akitas dolatos shelahechal v'shigran lamelchasher. He ripped out the. The, the gold doors of the base of Mikdash and gave it to, to the king of Ashur because the Assyrian king had Chizkiyahu as his vassal king, as as, ser- as serving as the as basically a puppet king under him, and he asked for some taxes and so Chizkiyahu with no with no money to pay ripped out the gold doors of the base of Mikdash. 
showed a lack of trust in Hashem to send the money, and so the Chum didn't agree with him that. So I'm so Gichon Ha'alyon. So there was a place in Gichon. So the Assyrian army was coming to 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 besiege Yerushalayim, and so he he stopped up uh, some water so that the Assyrians. Troops wouldn't have any water to drink. Again, showed lack in Hashem, as Hashem already had promised a military victory to him. So that showed a lack. And the last one is, I don't want to get into the entire... The last one is, he says, that he he prolonged the year by adding another month of Nisan, already while it was in Nisan, which he wasn't supposed to do. What what is what is uh what is all this business going to? We're going to making a leap year. We know that we have scheduled leap years. Every few years we have a leap year. However, it used to be that that you would add a leap year whether you want when in when you needed one in order to add some time to it. Again, I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert in the area of of leap years, but essentially uh, the the thing that you have to know here is that if you want to add an extra month, you have to add it. You have to add it by the month of Adar. But if you don't add it by the month of Adar, then then your leap year is not valid. But what Chizkiyahu did is he added a month already when it was in Nisan. So that apparently he was not supposed to do because that's when the beginning of the year starts and, uh, he, and he messed up in that way. So now we're going to be talking about the Korban Pesach. So the, about the so every day there were two there were two um, communal offerings brought. They were the there were one it was the morning afternoon. Was I'm sorry? Was the morning korban tamid, which is where we get the the davening of shacharis comes from, and the second one was the afternoon korban tamid, which is where we get the davening of mincha. So all of the all of the of the of the um, korbanos that people would bring, all the personal korbanos would be in between these in between these two, with the exception of the korban pesach, which erev pesach was brought in between this. So for that for that reason, on erev pesach, you would obviously have to bring some of these. So you would have to bring some of these korbanos a little bit earlier in order to give it time. So the regular time was tamid nishchat mechsa v'karev b'teishu mechsa. So the korban the korban tamid is is shechted is slaughtered on the in on the eight eight and a half hours after sunrise and it is brought in nine and a half hours after sunrise. So an hour after it's shechted b'avipsachim nishchat b'shevul mechsa v'karev b'shmona mechsa. However, everything was pushed back. It was pushed back an hour in order to give time on Erev Pesach for everybody's um, Korban Pesach. Bein Bechol, Bein Meshabbos. These times for for the Korban Tamid were, were, the, were, the, were, were these same times on weekday and on Shabbos. Chal Erev Pesach Leos Chal Erev Pesach Leos Berev Shabbos. If Erev Pesach fell on a Friday, again, because, you know, you have to get everything in before before uh, before sundown. Because by sundown you're not able to bring the korban pesach anymore, so they pushed it back another hour. Nishchat v'sheish u'mechsa v'karav v'shevo mechsa v'hapesach acharav. So they would they would push it back. They would have the korban tamid would be would be shechted would be slaughtered at at six and a half hours after sunset after sunrise. I'm sorry, and then it would be and then it would be brought seven and a half hours, and then the pesach would be brought right after. And I hope that you're excited because now when it goes here too, the holiday of pesach have a wonderful day.